Welcome back to the Healing with Zenodyne podcast. Today we speak with Rose Diaz. She is a life coach and a wellness expert. We talk about what wellness really means for the mind, body, and spirit. We talk about the value of gratitude and how to make practice fun. I give you Rose Diaz. All right, well, Rose, thanks for coming on the Healing with Zenodyne podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, I think, yeah, one of the things that we do as a society is we try to carve wellness up into like discrete packages and then just address this one thing. Um, and it's not working, you know? Exactly. So you help people overcome their barriers? Right. So, you know, at this point in life, right, <laughs> with with the internet and, and, and technology the way it is, who doesn't really know what you need to do to be healthy, right? It's very simple. Vegetables, fruit, calmness, out and in the nature, sleep well, you know, try to avoid any kind of anything that, that causes stress in your life. Everybody knows what we need to do to, to be healthy. It's we don't do it. So what is stopping us? And I think that's the thing that um, I focus on more than anything, that and fears. Hmm. So what's an example of something that might be keeping me from wellness? So um, Dr. Michael Orlowski, who is a doctor and a wellness coach, says that our lifestyles are maintained by habit, comfort, fear, and reinforcement. And you can see that so much, especially in our society where the, you know, con consumerism is so big, right? It's distracting you from your pain and your fears and then becomes a habit. And of course, we're always seeking comfort and pleasure versus what really brings us inner joy. So it's uh, like a programming problem. If your life is so easy and comfortable, so now it became the age of, let's look what's gonna make you happy, more happiness. And for some reason, people equated that with comfort and pleasure. And, you know, that became consumerism. What's, what's gonna make you so happy, you know, for yeah. this instant only? Yeah. Yeah, it's bizarre. Uh, I, I know people who are working like with their hands for the first time in a while and saying, I can't believe how good this is making me feel. And it, it's just an absurdity of the comfort of our current society. You know, it used to be the inverse. You used to work so much that the rest is what felt pleasurable, right. you know. And so I, I think one of the reasons that uh, comfort has taken the place of real happiness. Um, it is money and greed and it's it's taking the place of real happiness because we aren't doing it like from the bottom up. We're trying to, you know, like compartmentalize wellness and just what's happy really? Uh, okay, I just need to get a happy square, happy shaped thing and put it in this box. And it really does come from balancing the whole self. You know, you. I was just talking to somebody else about uh, finding like the seed of who you want to be, not trying to look at the tree that is you and like move a branch around, but really go down to like where the seed is and change the root programming code in there. And then it will it will happen from the bottom up in all of your moments and all of your thoughts. And the reason I said that this is like a programming problem people have is because you have two sets of programming. You have your internal, you know, DNA biological programming and you have the external world that comes and kind of happens to you. And somehow our society's just bought the lie that the external programming is the is the real one, you know. Right. So how do we how do we get past that? So psychologists have done. Um, oh gosh, I wish, wish I could remember his name, but uh, he's out of the University of Chicago, and I saw him recently, and he has some. I'll get the information later, but 
they've done all these experiments to find out what in our brain causes this. And so um, he says our brain synchronize when we're even in a room with someone. So they've done studies where like people are at um, um, watching a movie together. And even in those two hours, they can show that the brain starts to think alike. That's why there's all that like-mindedness, right? And perception gets changed all the time. So you can see how people can get suckered into things. And the more you are an attention deficit, think about it, the more everything becomes superficial and faster. I mean, this is why people, you know, uh, keep encouraging meditation and getting grounded and getting into a place where you're slowing down. And that's where it comes back to what you're saying, your inner self. What do you really want? Do I really want someone that I don't know send me a $10 gift? Why is that fun to me? Well, it's that immediate gratification. Oh, I got well, something. And it's not even that, it's the fun. You know, you're already attached to something in that moment and it's the seeking of pleasure through a fun experience, you know? And it just so happens that the thing that got put on the end of that was a piece of junk from a stranger, but it could have been anything, you know? Right. Which, I, that is a hard discussion because I have myself felt simultaneously like I would like to meditate and be a monk and do the absolute very best I can for the world. But then I also want to play music and rock out with my friends and play shows and ride my bike in the wind or something, you know, like I'm not saying monks can't do that, but it, it is a decision, you know, um, and I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how to go about making that decision, but I know that right now I'm still rocking out with my friends and having a good time, you know. So there is something about fun that seems inherently human to me, not something I want to deny or run away from just because it's a distraction. But I think it be, being one of the stronger emotions and things we go for in life, its potential to be bought and sold and corrupted and used against you is very high. Um, and so we've been talking, we've been dancing around mindfulness and meditation. Why don't we just talk about it? But let me just say one thing. It's a balance. I loved, I go dancing. I love bands. Uh, my girls play guitar. Music is just in my soul. I love comedy. I love to laugh. My brother owns an improv theater in New York. That's very um, dear to my heart as well. I love to see comedians and improv and all that. I, there's nothing wrong with having comfort and pleasure and, and joy. That gives me joy, but it's a balance like anything else. I think you have to, to you know, balance it like you do in your, with your body. Mm. Yeah, I like that. That's, that rings true. Yeah. Mm. So mindfulness. Mindfulness. Yeah, let's do mindfulness. What, uh, what does being mindful mean to you? So for me, it really is awareness. It's being super present, which is very difficult to do these days. It's really like, you know, attentively listening, which they teach you in psychology. Um, but also having gratitude. And, and the mindfulness is also kind of looking things from a different perspective, mm. you know, because it's so easy to be lost. It's so easy to just see the negative. Humans see, you know, the negative so much and see pain and everything. But it's also acceptance to me, which I think is difficult. I like that. There's a lot in that, you know, and people use mindful and being, being mindful and mindfulness as almost an interchangeable word that mm -hmm. these days. And sometimes it doesn't come loaded with near as much as, as what you just said. Uh, but I think it should. Um, the acceptance, especially the looking at things with gratitude, you know, because you can be mindful and present in the moment and really be with something, but not have the lens of gratitude, you know, over your perception. Um, and I think the best mindfulness is done with gratitude. 
because there's just so much to be grateful for. How are you really going to be present in the moment with anything in the universe and not be thankful that at least you and that one thing exists, you know? Yes. And I think now, especially with health and wellness, I'm grateful every morning when I wake up. Mm. I'm grateful for um, so much more because I've been deprived mm. during this period of things, you know? And I see this that everyone seems so much more sentimental now. I look at this as that what's been happening is not a bad thing. You know, it's 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 shaping and helping define, you know, what you want to do next, and it's kind of forcing. You know, Pem, you know, Pema Chodron talks about it all the time about not having attachment to things. Mm -hmm. And I think previously, at least over a year ago, I was having a hard time with that. And now I'm in a different place where I really understand, and I've said this for years, everything is temporary. I love to, to quote her, but until it really happens and you start to really, you know, look at that, you know, it, it, everything is temporary, everything. So it's a good, and there's both sides to it. It's scary in one way because we, we are all going to die. I mean, everyone keeps forgetting that we're all going to die. It's just a matter of when and why and how, okay? Everyone's going to die. <laughs> so everything is temporary. But the good news is when things are bad, everything's temporary. Mm. When things are good, everything's temporary. So if you start to accept that bad is just a word, you know, so many things that I've been challenged with in my life have just opened me up to so much more, you know. So, again, the pleasure seeking and comfort, not, there's not such greatness in that. And people forget that because, like you said, people, you know, start to work with their hands now. Um, it's made me think uh, differently. It's made me try more things than I would have before because life is short. So there's a lot of greatness in that and, and challenging yourself and not just seeking comfort. Mm. So if we have someone here and they need mindfulness and they need gratitude in their life, where do they start? I journal every night to get all that negativity out, anything, all my fears, get it out, and then write some things that I'm grateful for. And the more you do it, the more you start to really um, understand, like, air, breathing, my ability to breathe, clean water, you know, some very basic things. My ability here, my ability to still run at my age and not, you know, be broken, <laughs> you know, not... the Just kind of the simple things. Music, oh my gosh, you know, what if you couldn't hear music? So you start to really be grateful for, for anything and everything. Hmm. Yeah, so I want to segue that into practicing music, actually, because one of the reasons I am the teacher I am today is because of teaching myself music and noticing that if there's a thing that I'm not good at doing with the guitar, it's not like a problem with me or anything. It's, there's patterns missing in my brain. Uh, and so I'll sit there and figure out the way to get that pattern to exist, which is usually just do the thing real slow. Or if my finger's not capable of moving that way, I'll stretch my hand out and then do something on the guitar that looks nothing like playing the guitar. But it's the thing I need to do five times to get my hand to have this new pattern, you know. And then I recognize and tell myself that I just made a new pattern. It's burning its way into my brain. When I go to sleep and wake up tomorrow, it will be better loaded up to deal with all my other programming. So I'll do this again tomorrow. And that takes away all the stress of practice. You know, there's never a, a fail at it sometimes, but there's very rarely a moment where I'm like, gosh, hands, come on. Why can't, you know, I'd save all that energy for me. I use it for something other than being frustrated and it cleans up my mind, cleans up my practice, cleans up my playing. Uh, and I think 
what you just outlined is like a really nice version of doing that, but for gratitude, you know, you gotta, you, you're not good at gratitude, here's an exercise for you, try it, modify it, be, uh, be intimate with your practices. I think that's one of the other things that, that's how I would describe the way that I practice is I get inside there with myself and find out what I really need and then I figure out how to practice that. If I'm not good at the bridge of a song, I'm not going to run the whole song five times. I'm going to run the bridge five times, you know? Well, that you're talking about habit. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just tricking our brains. That's all it is. We have a, ve- a feeling brain and a thinking brain. And everybody makes decisions based off emotions and their feelings, not the logical thinking brain. So, you know, if you're doing something, you found a way, an inner way to like, you know, trick yourself, right, into doing it. And not being frustrated with it. It's not, you, you can do it. Some people just take more time. They do it a certain way. But you have figured that out. So you, you're you really taking a look at your brain. And and, it, and it's a very bizarre thing when you think about it. It's like t- getting outside of yourself into <laughs> your brain. But I do this stuff all the time. I do this all the time. And that's part of um, coaching, too, is creating structures. I know myself well enough that if I really want to, like, get my house really clean I invite people for a party two weeks from now <laughs> because I know myself, I am not going to let people in my house when it's dirty. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. So these are like the structures, and it, that sounds like what you've done too. Yeah, uh, I, I like I like that one. That's good. Um, I think I might need to do that. <laughs> um, the thing for me too is making practice fun. Uh, when you make practice fun, you will show up to it because you want to be there. Uh, I, when I picked up the guitar, I did a couple things, and then I was like, wait, na 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 That's Other Side by the Chili Peppers. Turned it on and started playing with it, and I was like, well, it is. Look at that. And so within, like, two hours of picking up the guitar, I was playing with one of my favorite bands, um, and when I messed up a note, they didn't. The room sounded great. It sounded like a party in my room whenever I was practicing. And eventually I just started turning on backing tracks, other songs, whatever, learn the mechanics of how the fretboard works based on what notes sound good and what don't, and, you know, applying my science mind. And I I really don't have a day of practice in my memory that was like, oh, geez, all right, if I just do this for a little while, eventually I will feel good. You know, I took that whole experience and bypassed it. Do you see a way that we can make gratitude and really the question is do you see a way that we can make wellness practice fun absolutely it always starts at what do you need for a happy life i look at people's needs i look at how much they're creating them in their lives Um, it's a lot about self-love and what people are missing is you're not going to do anything if you don't feel good it starts with being grounded in who do you, you know who you are what you want what do you value what do you need and the more you have awareness over yourself because a lot of people walk around in life and they don't know why they're frustrated or were they angry or whatever. They, they're they just reacting to like small little things in their lives. They, you know, and one day they just wake up miserable. It's like all those tiny little moments. So when you finally take the time and, and it's like you're mindful of who you are and what you want, what you need. And so the, the question I would ask is what brings you joy? So I, I figured that out years ago. I don't want to clean my toilets, but if I throw music on or if I call a friend while I'm doing it, I, I don't even notice. It, it makes it fun. So it's like any kind of wellness practice. Um, wellness is, you know, okay, I'm going to meditate with other people. So when I had, I'm, I've got a lot of energy, so meditation was always very frustrating with me. So I joined meditation groups um, 
like a, over a year ago. And what I've noticed, one, it's like a practice like people do when they pray at church. It, it puts that structure in for me, but I'm a very social person, so I love that. But also, the strangest things happen to me. I can get in such a deep meditation when I'm with a group, so much better than when I'm alone. Not everyone says that. But for me, because I'm very connected to, to with my energy with other people, I can just feel a, a huge difference. Mm. So that brought me joy. So, you know, you, everyone's got to try different things. You know, don't get try one thing. There's not one answer in life. People think it's like two answers. There's like a hundred. So you... You know, you get out of your comfort zone, try different things, talk to different people about it. People love to help. You just ask for the help. And then you you create a practice that's full of love and joy. If you're not enjoying it, why are you doing it? Love it. That's fantastic. So the journey to self-love is a long and usually kind of a difficult one. Uh, it's filled with a lot of honesty checks in yourself. Um but I think you just described a way to really make it fun. And the journey to self-love is going to be accompanied with the realization of who you really are. You're going to start to really know yourself. Um, I think you'll learn who you really are quicker the more aware you are while walking the journey to self-love. Um, and once you, become, once you discover who you really are, that's when you get to start answering the little questions like what works for you for making cleaning the bathroom fun. Because there's something, and if you are a person trying to make your life fun by combining things, you can't take my answer, they can't take your answer, you know. Putting music on is a pretty safe bet, you know, but there, there's going to be something that works for everybody. And I think part of the joy of this personal journey is finding out what that is. And I don't think there's a shortcut. You just have to try as much stuff as, as you are able. Hmm. Doesn't sound so tough. No, but we need to simplify life. Things are really the, the most, the best answers are really simple. Let it, let the emotions out, let your feelings out. Maybe, you know, just acceptance. It is kind of bizarre to live in an overcomplicated world and then also overcomplicate your inner world, you know? I think it's a reflection of the world. I'm not laying the blame at everyone's doorstep for their overcomplicated minds, but... I think people have like a waking up moment where you realize that it's overcomplicated. Um, and I think maybe several of them. I just realized recently I, the hot yoga studio opened back up and I went like 20 days in a row or something. And on the 20th day, I was just <laughs> laying on the floor, cooling down, looking out the skylight. And then I caught my mind and it was just on a tear, just talking about nothing. And I was like, is this, is this my shelf chatter right now? What have I been doing? My meditation practice. And so it, it came back to me very quickly. It's kind of like riding a bike, you know. But I realized it had been a while since I had really focused. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty good about it, you know. So everybody is so distracted. I, how can we hasten this waking up point for people? So I've thought about that a lot, too. I really believe that, um, you know, there's a trickling effect. So even just changing one little thing starts it. You know, body's in motion, stays in motion, about it, you know. But just do something different than you normally do, right? Mm -hmm. Each night or each morning, just try something different. Reach out to a different person, um, you know, because that triggers the brain. It, it changes things. Um, think of one little thing that's going to, you know, here's a question. What are you doing to love yourself today? Mm -hmm. What are you doing for yourself? 
people, nobody asks you that question. Even when I've done um, workshops and I said, I, I remember doing one years ago at work actually, um, some employees and um, there's a male there and he just said, no one's ever asked me what I need. I don't need, I didn't even know I needed so much. What, there's no time we just sit and have some awareness, get, you know, turn off the technology and just sit, just, just sit for five minutes and stare at your hand in a different way. Look at it in a way that you wouldn't before and just start without judging it, you know, um, and just do something different. Get you out of that. Your hand gets pretty weird after it, a while. It, it it's, does. It's a really bizarre thing stuck on your body there, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. I like the trickle effect. Um, I was thinking like the pebble that starts a landslide, you know. It begins somewhere. And um, I love fractals, feedback loops in mathematics. And I see the universe as one big fractal that's just, you know. Mm-hmm. And those feedback equations, they get exponential so fast. The changes that they're ca- that the changes that an exponent can make in your life are unbelievable. And you never know what little stone, what little beginning of a trickle is going to be that thing that immediately gives you the feedback of like, I mean, you and I are sitting here because I chose to go to yoga on October 17th at 10 in the morning instead of three. I usually go to the three class. I went at 10 and I saw Shivani and her brother sitting there doing sound healing with crystal bowls. I've never seen crystal bowls before. Uh, And you know, suffice it to say, now she's here and I'm doing a podcast for a company for sound healing that we're starting. Um, and, you know, history turns on a dime. So you really have to show up and start the trickle. And one day you're going to kick that stone that becomes your boulder, you know. What a fun conversation that was. You can find Rose Diaz at rosediaz.com. That's rosediaz.com. As always, we are Xenodyne.